Welcome back, and thanks again for tuning in to Beyond the Hardwood, hosted by Deontay Ferguson, also known as Coach Fergo. Today's episode, I'll feature Abby Jump, assistant coach at Wright State University. And for those who don't know Abby, she is someone who has established herself quickly within the business. As she enters year six of her career, in that time, she has helped turn teams into winning programs. And her hard work also has not gone unnoticed, as she has been named twice to the WBCA 30 under 30 list in just five years of her being a coach. So sit back and stay tuned as I tap in with Abby coming up next. Abby, how's it going? Going well. Thanks for having me on. Nah, I appreciate you taking the time to come on. Uh, you know, you're you're one of the, the the next rising stars in the business, you know, so I definitely had to reach out to you. Oh, I don't know. I don't know where you got that info from, but uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to just trying to stay, you know, under the radar a little bit. Nah, I feel that. I feel that. So let's go ahead and hop right into it. So so you're from Kentucky, right? Yep, Northern Kentucky, so like 10 minutes from Cincinnati. Okay, okay. And then you um, you grew up in that area, and then where did you play high school at, high school basketball? Yeah, I grew up in that area. I played at Ryle High School. So, um, again, about 15, 20 minutes from Cincinnati, and uh, had – a really great experience there played with a lot of talented d1 players and that team we probably should have won state but um didn't quite make it there but had the opportunity to play with some really talented players uh, like sydney moss jenna crittenden played at xavier florida um so i got i got lucky to be surrounded by some really talented players just growing up right and i mean shoot you talk about the talented players that you play with i mean but you were talented yourself you know uh went back and did a little research on you and found out that you were fifth all time in Kentucky history and three pointers made so it sounds like you could have you know you could fill it up a little bit as well well when you play with players like that and you know all the the attention's on them so to speak and if I'm wide open on the wing I guess I really only had one job was to just make shots so right uh probably have them to think you know when you play with really good players they they make they make you look a little bit better than you actually are (laughs) well I mean it paid dividends for you I mean you're still in the record books for Kentucky for three-pointers made and it led you to um to winning did you all win the state championship or, or how did that work out for y'all because I mean with all the talent that yeah. y'all had in high school you know you would have oh. thought that y'all did and you know what I I think about it all the time we didn't win state um and it's really unfortunate I actually I talked to Jenna and Sydney quite a bit about it like how did we not win at least one time um and you know our team got broken up just a little bit um and we had some people transfer and um, new people come in and it was, you know, we were, we were top, I think we were top three ranked third in state my junior and senior year and had really competitive teams. But the problem was in the state of Kentucky, you, you play in districts. And then if you finish one and two in district, you play in the region. 
Mm-hmm. And so in my junior and senior year, we had the top ranked, the first team ranked in state, the third, the fifth, and the seventh all in the same region. And only one of those teams gets to go to the Sweet 16. So we talk about all the time how competitive just that region was. So you, we're talking four of the top ten teams in state, right. and only one gets to go to the actual Sweet 16. So, yeah, we lost in uh, the region finals um, and and never got to get the opportunity to win a state championship. But we probably should have. It's it, it still hurts a little bit to think about that a little bit. All right. Well, I know a lot of you, like you said, ended up going to – play D1 and talk kind of talk about you know your recruiting process you know in high school who you were getting recruited by and then we all know that you ended up going to Wright State to play so kind of talk us through Mm -hmm. that process for you yeah well really I didn't have um probably until my sophomore year of, of high school was when I started actually hearing from some colleges I was probably like five foot one and and 85 pounds <laughs> throughout high school I was tiny and so I wasn't getting many looks but actually um Jenna Crindon and I who that's she played at Xavier we joined this AU team in Louisville and our whole entire team went D1 um we had like five or six players go power five so when I joined that team and we went down to like Atlanta and played some of the best teams um, in the nation, AU teams, and that's kind of when I finally had a shot um, of just trying to figure out where I could fit in on a, on a D1 team. And, and so I actually um, got recruited by a lot of Kentucky schools um, in Ohio and Indiana and um, really thought maybe I might end up at Dartmouth just because how can you turn down an academic, you know, program like that and, and an opportunity to kind of set your future up. But right. I actually got recruited in um, by Moorhead State, and at the time Matt, Mike Bradbury was there. Okay. I committed to them my sophomore year of high school. And uh, going into my junior year, he called my school and said he got the job at Wright State. Um, and I was so, at that time, I remember on my visit to Moorhead, he sat me down in his office and he said, well, what do you want to do? I said, well, I want to win. He said, well, we're going to win a championship here. So if you believe in it, you should come here. And, and I did. I believed 100% what he was saying. I'm like, shoot, this guy's going to win a championship. I want to be a part of it. So I committed to him on spot. And I liked Moorhead, but it was him and his staff that just sold me completely. And, and so when he went to Wright State, I remember being on the phone and I was tore up about it because I'm like oh man I'm gonna have to go through this recruiting process again and right. and I just said hey if you have a spot can I come with you not knowing I had no idea where Wright State was no idea and so I'm just like hey can I come with you and, and he said you know I gotta see what our roster's looking like and stuff and he ended up calling me a couple weeks later and offering me a scholarship there and, and so I said yes right away I didn't even tell my parents for like a week <laughs> I, again, I had no idea where it was. I had to look up where Wright State was, and I ended up um, saying I'm coming. And um, so the first time I was on campus and got to see it was on my official visit after I already committed. Right. Um, so I ended up here, and it was really the best thing that's ever happened. Um, you know, got to come up here, and, and at the time, Wright State, I think, had 20 losing seasons in a row. Bradbury gets the job and in year one wins like 21 games and haven't done that in 20 plus years. And, and so he's just so good at what he does. And so I have the opportunity to come up here with him and we kind of went on a roll and got to win a championship and 
compete for another one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my recruiting process wasn't – I didn't have letters and schools lined up at the door. I was small, I was little, and I just tried to figure out a way that I could make an impact, and I was behind the three-point line. And right. um, it just worked out. You know, and, and that kind of opens the door to, you know, you played your role. You know, you didn't – you weren't one of those mm-hmm. players that, you know, tried to go out there and – you know, be just okay at all things. You know, you were great at one thing, and that was three-point shooting. And, you know, obviously that paid dividends for you to get to right State. Talk about how important it is for players, especially nowadays, to, you know, be mm-hmm. great in one or two things rather than trying to be a jack-of-all-trades and just be okay. Right. Yeah, and I do. I do think it's it's extremely important to be able to do multiple things, right? But at the end of the day, if you're trying to play, and for me, I was lucky enough to grow up with my dad was a high school coach, my grandpa was a coach, and and so being able to have them kind of filter things into me of, hey, okay, you're not six two, you're not ultra athletic, so what are you going to do to stand out? What are you going to do to help your team win? And for me, it was like, what can set me apart to allow me to stay on the floor? What will let me stay out there for the longest part possible and then help our team win a championship? And so I think it's extremely important. you got to figure out what is going to allow you to not only stay on the floor, but to be productive. Like, kids want to play minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're recruiting kids now, and they're like, well, I want to play. Okay, well – Everybody wants to play, but what are you going to do in the minutes that you're playing? Like, you have to be productive at something. You have to be like, okay, if I need a three-point shooter, here's who's coming in. And they're going to do their job. So I I do, I think it's extremely important for you to win your position, for you to win your role every single day. And we say it all the time in our program, like, you're competing, like, there's three or four people to a spot. You're competing every day for that spot, but once those games start, you're you're trying to win the position. And so that should be a mentality every day is I'm trying to win this position. I'm trying to be at the best at this specific role every single day. Right. And that's what, that's what accelerates that, you know, player development and everything. Cause you know exactly what you need to do to play. No, for sure. Definitely. So kind of talking about your, you know, your path at Wright state freshman and sophomore year wasn't, you know, much going on for you. How how was it your freshman and sophomore mm-hmm. year, you know, being a player, you know, cuz you want to play, obviously, you know, you yeah. want to you want to help the team win the championship. How is it, you know, how hard was it to have to buy in especially when you're not one of those key contributors on the team those two yeah. years? Yeah, and I think the my freshman and sophomore year taught me a lot about life. Um because, you know, when you're playing division 1 basketball, all, you all come from being one of the best if not the best players on your high school team right and right. so you're you're coming into college and then all of a sudden everybody is the all-star mm-hmm. um, from their high school and you know that my freshman sophomore year taught me okay well are you going to roll over you know are you going to find something that you can be great at what does this team need that you can provide and can you be a good teammate when things aren't going great for you? And that's right. all, I had to make a decision, and that's all it is, is you got to decide. Mm-hmm. Are you going to use that circumstance of, okay, I'm not the one this year. Right. I'm not the one that they need. There's somebody better that does it better and longer than I can. So am I going to make the decision where I'm going to be a terrible teammate, I'm going to have a terrible attitude, and I'm just going to make it, you know, make it miserable for everybody? 
Right. Or am I going to decide to be a great teammate, win my position every day, whether it's on the scout team, do my job on the scout team to prepare the top five, um, and um, and can I still lead? And that ultimately, I thought I was given the opportunity to lead, even my freshman and sophomore year of just, if I went in there and worked hard every single day, I could lead by example, which eventually I could lead vocally because I showed up no matter if things were going well for me that day or not. Right. You know, I still showed up and decided to be a great teammate. And that's, it's just about making the decision, what you want it to be and, and what you don't want it to be. And honestly, for me, I just decided, you know, I'm, I want to win and this team has an opportunity to win. And how can I contribute when I'm not playing 10, 15, 20 minutes in a game? Right. And for me, it was just off the court. You know, I'm going to be a great teammate. I'm going to hold everybody accountable. We're going to do what we're supposed to do. And then I'm going to show up. And and if it means I get my ass busted every day in practice, okay, well, at least I showed up, you know. So I think my freshman, sophomore year allowed me to have a a fairly decent junior and a pretty good senior year just because I knew what it felt like to be in that position. You know, and I could lead from playing and I could lead from not playing. Like you said, it ends up leading you to your junior, senior, having ending your career at Rice State on a pretty good note. I mean, you were ranked first in the Horizon League in three-point percentage and then, you know, tied 12th in the league um, in three-pointers made your senior year. So, again, it goes back to being perfect in your role for your team to help them mm-hmm. win a championship and, I mean, end up leading y'all to the 2014 NCAA tournament. Who did you all play that year? Yeah, we played Green Bay. Um, and at the time, I think Green Bay was on like a 10 tournament championship run, 10 year run. Um, and they just had dominated the league. They have a great program and, you know, they've been able to have WNBA players almost every single season. Um, and so we, our team was compiled of our best player who ended up being player of the year that year was her story is incredible. Um, she probably should have been playing in the Big Ten, but just academic-wise, um, she wasn't there. And, and then she comes to Wright State, and she has like a 3.2, 3.3 GPA and gets everything in line and, and together, and she's player of the year. We got a uh, transfer from Florida State, a point guard, who the following year was player of the year. Um you know, we just had a bunch of different players who sometimes they were on their second or third chance. And, and then we had players that just wanted to win. Um, and what Bradbury and his staff were really great at and just finding the right pieces um, to have that championship team. And, and we felt like going into that year um, that we had everything we needed to win. And so we had to go up to green Bay. Um, it wasn't on a neutral site or anything. We had to go up to Green Bay, and, and that was an incredible experience because I, I don't know if you've heard anything about Green Bay and their fans, but they sell out. They have, like, their own women's basketball um, arena, really? and they sell it out, and the fans get there an hour and a half before the game start, and they're just, you know, watching you warm up, and they're ready to go, <laughs> and they're loud, and they yell stuff. You know, like, it's, right. it's an incredible experience. It's right. almost like an NCAA tournament game experience, but you go up there, and and we were able to do it um, and had a shot the following year. I think we had like a 12-point lead in my senior year in the championship again up there. and Just couldn't couldn't hold on, got into foul trouble. and But we had a shot to run it back. And, you know, it was just a really special two years to be able to 
again, Bradbury comes in and takes over a team that's won, lost 20 years in a row and, right. and for us to just go back-to-back championship games. So, um, yeah. yeah, it was an incredible experience all four years, really. Nice, nice. And then you end up, you know, getting your degree, graduating. Did you have aspirations to go play pro or was it kind of always in the back of your head that you wanted to go ahead and get straight into coaching right after you finished playing? Or did you have aspirations yeah. to go a different route? No, really, I knew I wanted to coach probably since – first week of college workouts I was like yeah I gotta do this I want to do it and <laughs> and like I said I my dad was a high school coach when I was growing up and my my grandpa didn't coach basketball but he was a hall of fame uh, high school football coach so I got to grow up watching you know players come in and out of the house and um, just hear them talk about my dad and my grandpa and the things that they've done for them so when I got right. to hear about their impact and then obviously playing for my coaches and the impact that they had on me right away, I was like, yeah, I, I have to do this. Um, and I ran into some injuries, some back trouble my senior year. And so I, I was ready for that next step. Um, as soon as the season ended, I was like, okay, what's what now? You know, interviewing and uh, applying and just trying to figure out what where I wanted to go, whether I wanted to stay at Wright State or, um, you know, as a – whether it be a GA or an, an admin role, or if I needed to kind of branch out and kind of grow on my own as a coach. And so I did that um, right. and went to Bucknell. Um, probably about two weeks after I graduated, I was already at Bucknell and, and kind of going full steam ahead in, into the profession. So talk to us about that process. Like two weeks after you graduate, you're at Belknell. You already have a position. You know just as well as I do how mm-hmm. hard it can be to secure a position, you know, whether it's GA, yeah. Dobo, whatever the case may be. So kind of talk about your path, you know, from within those two weeks of how you were able to get to Bucknell on that staff and then, you know, start mm-hmm. working your way up in the ranks. Yeah, so my senior year, I applied to be into uh, the So You Want to Be a Coach program, uh, which is ran by WBC at the Final Four. Okay. And I felt like that would give me a really great opportunity to kind of network and get my name out there uh, quickly. And so at the Final Four in April, I went I went out there, and I think that's really kind of what sparked everything was I was able to go down there and network and meet a lot of head coaches and assistant coaches. And um, I actually had – a mutual friend. Um, I went to the Czech Republic with athletes in action and did a missions trip. And, and one of the coaches that was on that trip, uh, was, was good friends with Aaron Roussel, who's at Bucknell, who's now at Richmond and, uh, kind of had a mutual friend and their Dobo spot was open. And so I, I went for that and, and it was really quick process. I interviewed for it, went up for on campus and then, um, got the job and and went up there almost immediately to get started and what really helped me in the profession is I was kind of thrown into the the fire really quickly because I went up to Bucknell and one of the assistants got a D2 head job and then the other one went to a power five and so two assistants are gone and I'm in my first week and a half up there so naturally you know I'm I'm calling my mentors like what do I do And, and is it too soon to ask for you know assistant responsibilities and we're a week out from uh july recruiting so um i kind of i got thrown into july recruiting and i'm 21 years old watching these 18 year olds and you know just trying to figure it out and that's really what helped me because i just had to figure it out on my own and just go with it um 
and figure out that line. I think that was the biggest thing at Bucknell was figuring out the that thin line. You know, I'm 21. I just graduated, and um, now I'm coaching 18 to 22 year olds. Yes. You know, and, and yes. figuring out that line and. So I was up there uh, for a year, and uh, we were co-regular season champions. And Aaron, um, I learned a lot from Aaron. And, and he was very different from who I played for, but so successful in his own way of doing things. So I got I learned so much in that first year. And um, just being away um, and kind of just growing on my own and learning on my own as a coach and who I wanted to be. Yeah. And uh, so – I ended up having a really tough car accident um, when I was up there and uh, had to do five, six months of rehab. And so I came home and trained and was in the gym with a, a bunch of really talented uh, players who are all at college now. Um, and so I was in the gym while I was doing rehab and uh, got the call about Moorhead State being open. And so kind of interviewed for that, and, and things worked out and ended up going down there. Um, okay. And that, that opportunity, Greg Todd, he took a chance on me. He didn't have to um, because, you know, again, I'm, I'm only one year into the profession and had right. to take, you know, five, six months hiatus, really. And so he, he gave me a shot and uh, gave me a lot of rope and, and opportunity and responsibility in those two years. I think really was allowed me to find my footing in the in the career and in the profession of what I could be good at right. and what I right. wanted to be attached to my name in the profession really. Yeah, no, for sure. And kind of talk about, you know, let's let's go back a little bit. You know, you talk about getting into the business, you know, you're thrown straight into the fire um, as a mm -hmm. dobo, but really, you know, you're out recruiting as well the quick turnaround of events that y'all had going on staff wise. And then, you know, you spend a year as a dobo. Um, but again, you're coaching, like you said, 18, 19, 20 year olds who, you know, you're not too much mm -hmm. older than, um, how right. was it, you know, going from being a player to, you know, being as young as you were at that time, trying to, you know, relate to the players. Cause you know, one of the things that I've noticed about the business is it's, um, it's important to have, you know, obviously relationships with your players. So how were mm -hmm. you able to balance out, you know, taking stuff to the coaches about, you know, whatever was going on with mm -hmm. the players and trying to be that, that middleman, you know, of somebody that they can come to and have a conversation with on the side mm -hmm. of things. Yeah, it is. It's really tough. And I was lucky enough that I had the mentors that before I left for Bucknell, you know, they prepared me for that. Um, and one of those being my boss now at Wright State of just, hey, you want this to be your career. This is what you can, can't can allow to happen. This is what you can't do. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, being able to be that ally of like, hey, look, I understand what you're going through, but let's kind of talk about it, you know. Um, and so for me a little bit, I had to I had to earn the respect of not because I was their age, but because I knew what I was doing. Right. Um, and I had to earn that respect by a little bit of being like the bad cop sometimes mm -hmm. of getting, of being tougher on them so that they knew I, I meant what I was saying and I, I meant business, you know, so to speak. And right. that's what really kind of set the tone, but also, and it's still hard now, you know, as a, as assistants, okay, what do I take to the head coach and what can I handle on my own? And I think that was the biggest thing for me of what can I handle on my own behind scenes that doesn't need to go to 
you know, the head coach's desk right now. Right. And being able to have those relationships of, hey, look, I'm your ally. I understand what you're going through. I just got out of it. But I need you to understand that I work for this person. I don't work for you. Right. You know, I'm yep. your coach. You know, it's just yep. of being that. It, and it just comes off as being the bad cop sometimes. But it's just you've got to set the tone of, look, this is what this is. We're trying to win, and I'm going to try to help you be as successful as possible. But you got to understand that I'm not your friend. I'm your coach. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's what gets really tough with um, young coaches is the best way for them sometimes to build relationships is to be their friend. And that's not what it is. You can't be their friend and coach them, but you right. can be their ally. Right. You no, know, and sure. I think that's the biggest, the biggest mistake is, well, let me, you know, let's go play video games or go out or hang out. Like you can't do that. Right. Because then, then they think you're on completely on their side when you don't work for them, you know? So yep. it was just, drawing that boundary super early from almost day one of hey look i i know exactly what you're going through and i'm going to help you through it based off of my experiences but i coach you and i gotta help you be successful so i'm going to be tough as hell on you sometimes too so just kind of being that bad cop a little bit um kind of allowed me to gain that respect i needed to be able to coach them and have a relationship with them yeah not for sure. You, I mean, you hit on the head, and that's definitely what has to be, you know, that, that has to be set in stone, you know, from the jump. Can't be something, you know, that makes you look wishy-washy in the end. So, mm-hmm. um, so kind of talk about, you know, your five, six-month recovery, and then, you know, you get to Moorhead State. You know, you're back in, you know, your home mm-hmm. state. And I know that first year that you got on Moorhead staff, you know, it was, it was a little bit rough. Um, didn't have a lot of success that season. But, you know, that following year, you all kind of turn it around and end up winning 20 games. So kind of talk talk us through, you know, your, your time at Moorhead State. Well, so when I took the job down there, um, Greg has, was already finishing up year two. And, you know, he had to build from the ground up, mm-hmm. you know, and, and kind of completely turn ship a little bit. And, um, you know, so we had a lot to – try to figure out really quickly and um, Dominique Duck and I came in at, at the same time and I'm really grateful for that because we were able to kind of tag team a lot of stuff and um, like I said Greg gave us a lot of responsibility um, and a lot of leeway and in, in, you know player personnel and relationships and, and the way we played and yeah. uh, recruiting and everything so the year before um, I think they won 10 games and so, actually, the first year I came in, I think we were preseason picked second to last. And we kind of just – I remember having a team meeting of, like, look, this is what they think about you on paper. And on paper means absolutely nothing. Right. It means that the right. media is going based off of what you did last year and you have a decision to make. Do you want to be what you think, what they think you are or do you want to – work and and do what we think you can do which is be one of the top three teams in the in the conference right and so my first year we actually we finished second in the conference and went to the first ever wnit and that was it was incredible Mm. Um, i've never been on a team or on a staff where we were picked so low that like literally everybody in the conference had such little expectations for you that every game it was like we're here to prove something and the girls bought into it from day one I'm like look this is going to be really tough 
and you're going to have to you're going to be extremely uncomfortable every single day. Right. But they were fine with it because they didn't want to lose. And so I it was just really special. Um that season was extremely special and then we were able to bring in some really talented kids and yeah. transfers and uh and that second year we followed it up and and again finished third and um you know had the opportunity to play in postseason again and those two years just to be able to turn it around and not really knowing hey like this is the opportunity we have to turn ship around and see if we can win 15 16 games but to win 21 and then yeah. 21 again yeah. you know it was just yeah. really special and it wasn't it was the the team you know when you don't have a team um that will buy into hey look this is what they think of you but this is what we think and we don't have anything to you know any type of proof of that we can do it besides word of mouth of hey we can do it Right. And they bought into it. So it was just it was extremely special those two years to be able to turn something um that shouldn't have been into what it is now and, right. and they've you know, Greg's done a tremendous job and has kept it rolling and you know, they go on to my first year at Wright State, um, they they go on to the WNIT again and beat Ohio State. So it was just yeah. turned the program into something really special where it was it was a winning program. It wasn't right. a winning season. It turned into a winning program. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And the one thing I have noticed about Coach Todd is is that you know even in my two years as a GA there these past couple of years, I realized he gives a lot of responsibility and almost lets the assistant coaches you know branch off and be the head coaches that they want to be one day. You know, give you the the mm-hmm. on, on court voice that you want. Um, you know, gives you you know multiple responsibilities. You know, and uh, just let you mm-hmm. you know mold yourself into who you want to be. So. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, you know, they end up going to the WNIT and being Ohio State in that year, man. They were loaded yeah. with talent. Uh, obviously, you know, Darren <laughs> yeah. Seward, you know, was a senior. You had Miranda Crockett. Um, you know, you had Aaliyah June. You know, they had a lot mm-hmm. of talent, but you weren't on that team, you know. But at the same time, you were at Wright State your first year, and y'all win, man, like close to 30 games. And uh, and, and I – I think y'all were y'all first in the league. I mean, y'all only had two losses in the Horizon League that year. Yeah, it was wow. It was an incredible year. Um, Trina had just Trina and the staff had built this team into something really special and just brought in a lot of really high caliber players and people. And um, so, really, when I came in, I was like, "Hey, what do I need to do?" Kind of like I'll stay out of the way. This team is so. you know loaded like just what do I need to do how can I help and I'll help in any way I can but that team was so special from the jump and we had a bunch of players who had been around um and had played in a championship game so they knew what it felt like to be there and that year they were seniors so it was you know we brought them in and we had Mikkel Miller who was uh, played in the JUCO national championship and um Angel Baker who arguably probably you know, was one of the best freshmen, if not the best freshman in the league that year. And and she was coming off the bench as our sixth man. Mm. And so we had just, we were so deep and we had a grad transfer uh, from Xavier and just six, four post player from long beach. We just had players in every position and it was kind of like, felt like the year we won it as I was playing. um, There's just that, this buzz like the whole season of this is what can happen if we all kind of click. And right. really what a lot of people don't know is that season we started one and three 
and jokingly, like yeah. our staff would be like, oh my gosh, this is going the exact opposite of what we thought. Like, what are we going to do? And right. and just trying to go back to the drawing board. And, and we actually switched up kind of like our whole offensive, um, you know, what we were going to do of amount of shots we were going to take. We switched everything up and, and it kind of just started clicking one after another. And it was just really special to be a part of. Uh, we won the regular season championship for the first time um, outright and then went on to the tournament and, and won the won that and played in the NCAA tournament, went down to Texas A&M and played. And it was just, yeah, that season was incredible. Just the things that we had gone through as a team um, in the very beginning of like, okay, this is going the exact opposite to figuring it out midway through and then things just, you know, full steam ahead at that point. And it was a, it was a lot of fun to be a part of. No, for sure. And, you know, and I realized, you know, I, what I didn't realize that I realize now is that y'all ended up playing Green Bay um, in a <laughs> conference championship again. So I know that atmosphere was crazy. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you, yeah. make your, you make your NCAA tournament appearance and play A&M to, to finish out the year. But, you know, a heck of a year, like you said. And then, you know, this past year, you know, had a decent year. I mean, not to the standards that you, I'm guessing that you all wanted, but, you know, how, how was it for you or how has it been for you, I should say, being at Rice State these two years, you know, and it seems like, you know, as you continue to move up the ladder, you just continue to have more success and success, you know, where where you're going. Well, I think it's just, it's not me. I just get to surround myself around really great people um, that are really talented in their own right. And I think I've just been really lucky, you know, with Bucknell and Moorhead and now here. Um, And my boss now, she was the recruiting coordinator when I played at Wright State. Um, So played for her. Ardobo here now, we were college teammates for four years and roommates for four years. Um, You know, and our whole staff, we've, it's a family. Um, it's just an incredible atmosphere. And so these two years, I've really just learned a ton about how to just be a really good coach and navigate right. um, the profession and how to, you know, get the best and the most out of your players. Um, our staff here is incredible. Like Trina's, and obviously I'm biased because I work for her, but without a doubt, she's one of the best in the nation. Um, and I don't think you have to be at a power five to be one of the best coaches in the nation yeah. at all. Yeah. And she, she's one of the best. And there's no question about it. Just the way that she builds relationships and, you know, can get the most out of them and um, X's and O's wise. But these two years, you know, it's kind of a dream come true. I, I tell people all the time I have to pinch myself because I actually I'm coaching at my alma mater and not a lot of people get to say that. You know, and especially right. five, six years into my career. So yeah, I'm sure. just really fortunate and grateful um, that the people I'm surrounded by, our administration, um, athletic department, they're just incredible um, and give us a great amount of support. So I just, I'm really thankful that I'm in the position I'm, I'm in now around all these people. It's just a really special place. And I've said that since I played here. There's just yeah. something about it. You know, and we've won four championships in the last 10 years, and and it's just it's special, and we got something going, and hopefully we can, you know, continue to do it. And, yeah, last year we finished second in the league, you know, um, and had the second, you know, seeding going into the tournament. Um, and obviously compared to the first year, you, you think that that's, 
you know, you don't do that well, but we did. Uh, we were young and, you know, just trying to figure things out again yeah. and graduated uh, three 1,000-point scores. Wow. You know, so. Wow. Um, but finding a way to finish second. So yeah. each year's presented different challenges and opportunities. Um, and so it's, it's just been really good. No, that's big time. That's big time. So I want to, you know, rewind back real quick. You know, it was something earlier that you mm-hmm. said that kind of intrigued me. Um you were talking about when you were a player, how you, you ended up going to the final four. Mm-hmm. Cause that's, that's one thing that, you know, I never even thought about doing that. I probably should have thought about doing. Um, and you know, you kind of don't even hear about a lot of coaches. Or, I mean, excuse me, players that, you know, do end up getting into the coaching business, doing stuff like that, you know, cause you're, you're not even graduated mm-hmm. yet, but yet you go to the final four and you're networking. How important is it? Would you say for young people that want to get into the coaching business that, whether it's players, you know, managers, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. to, you know, engage in those type of functions, you know, I feel like, you know, coming from somebody like you, that it would be important, you know, to kind of hear your thoughts on that matter. Yeah, no, I think it's extremely important to be able to network yourself because, you know, there's a hundred different players that just graduate that want to get into coaching at some sort in some sort of rank. And, what again it's kind of like playing what can you do to stand out what can you do for your name to stick in somebody's head and for me that the wbca for them to put on something so you want to be a coach and they have 10 15 20 coaches in a three-day event come in and speak to you and you know you can exchange business cards and you can go up to them and and kind of just introduce yourself. And it's just a golden opportunity to get your name out there and say, hey, this is what I want to do. I'll, I'll go for any position. It doesn't matter what it is, but I want to get into this job. And just trying to get your name in the right hands. Um, and so I don't know what it's like on the men's side. I'm sure that the NABC has something, you know, uh, close to that or, or yeah. the same thing. But I do. I think it's extremely important that, if you have the opportunity to go down to the final four to even go to a combine and, and be able to be around that and all the agents and, and just get your name out there and be able to speak and, and set yourself apart. Yeah. Um, because like I said, it's, it's like playing. There's a thousand players out there. There's a hundred players that want to be coaches. Well, what makes you better than the next one? What makes you the right person for the job than the next person? And so being able to do that and, and put your name out there, I think it gives you an opportunity to do that, kind of set yourself apart. No, for sure, for sure. And kind of talk about, you know, the one thing we haven't hit on is the fact that, you know, your hard work hasn't gone unnoticed. You know, if I'm not mistaken, two years you've been named, you know, to the WBCA, you know, 30 under 30 list. Mm-hmm. So kind of talk about, you know, that that accomplishment for you, what it means for you and, and how it's molded you into the person you know that you continue to you know strive to be as a you know up-and-coming coach you know wanting to be a head coach you know here soon Mm -hmm. well I'm extremely honored and grateful for the awards um you know I got one at Moorhead and in the last two years here at Wright State and yeah and I think again people think it's an individual award and it comes off as it is but to me it's just it takes a village and I've had incredible mentors since day one in the profession and I've been able to work for three incredible people and coaches um, and learn a lot and been entrusted 
um, to bring something to the table. And so they've just given me the opportunity to do that. So like I'm, I am, I'm grateful and I'm honored for the award and, and to have that um, because of so many great coaches who have gotten it before. Um, You know, it's really cool to see your name up there, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's an award for the village that has raised me into the coach that I am today because yeah. it, it truly does. It takes a village and, and a lot of people to have just taken chances on me. You know, um, I didn't, I didn't have anything again, you know, better than anybody else. Um, I just kind of walked into the right spots at the right time and, and just had to kind of prove myself and, and again, I think it goes back to like being a player. You know, what are you going to do to stand out, and what can you do to make the program better than what it was when you found it? And that's just, I think, kind of like the golden rule I've lived by, yeah. and played by, and have coached by is when you go into something, what are you going to do to leave it better than how you found it? Right. And if that's you know the impact you leave on players, on people, um, and I don't think that lives in the win and win and loss column. I think it live in the players that when they graduate, do they call you for references? Um, Do they call you when they get engaged? You know, things like that. So I am, I'm grateful, but it's, it's definitely a village award. No, for sure. For sure. And it's a testament to, you know, like you said, being, you know, in the right spot at the right time. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you've worked for some great coaches and, you know, you're just going to continue moving on up that ladder. I know it. So, you know, I don't want to hold you up for too much longer, but I do want to ask you one more thing before we get you off of here. Um, what is some advice okay. that you would have for, you know, young coaches, you know, or young, I should say, people that want to get into the business um, and just how resilient you have to be in this business? Because, you know, just as well as I do, like this, this business doesn't promise anything to you. You have to mm-hmm. work to earn your stripes and. It's long days, long hours, and, you know, uh, what what advice would you give to anybody that is thinking about getting into this profession and um, how they can be successful on their way up through it? Mm-hmm. Well, you said it. You know, you got to be resilient. Um, you're going to have – you're going to hear 100 no's before you hear yes. Um, and, and just staying faithful in, in your process and knowing that, if you continue to work hard, something's going to shake and, and you'll get your moment, you'll get your time. Um, but really the only way to be great at something and figure out if you can be great at something is if you fully submerge yourself in it. So if you get the opportunity, if you can get your foot in that door, you have to fully a hundred percent give yourself to it. And maybe that means you sleep in the office or, you know, you don't get to see your family for months at a time, but you have to fully submerge yourself into it. And then once you're submerged into it, you have to be a sponge and soak up as much as possible. Yeah. Because the only way you can get to the next step is if you figure out how to be good enough to get to the next step. Um, And again, I think it's, you have to surround yourself. Like you got to make sure that circle going into the profession, you have to make sure that your circle is going to tell you the tough things, is going to challenge you to be better, um, not just tell you all that you need to hear, um, but the things that are tough to hear. And having that circle right, that foxhole of other coaches that have been through it that are going to say, hey, you know, you've got to have to fight through this or, you know, you need to take this opportunity. Um, You have to have those people in your corner. 
um, because it is, it's a, it's a very different lifestyle and it's a very, um, challenging profession and, um, it can be exhausting, but that's what you've signed up for. So have those right people around you that are going to challenge you and make you better. And then when you get your foot in that door, be resilient enough to, to, you know, and uncomfortable enough to put yourself out there to get the opportunity. And then once you do, you got to fully submerge yourself in it and then soak up every ounce of it. Um, like I did, I, I did a lot of writing and journaling almost every single practice um, and game notes of just what I learned, what happened that day. And to be able to go back five years later and look at it and remember, okay, in this situation, this happened. I think that's incredibly important too, Yeah, is to be able to write down everything you're learning and then take it with you. So I do, I think you hit it as, as being resilient, that if this is what you want, you got to go after it. And then once you get it, to really give your full self to it, to find out how good you can be at it. No, for sure. Like you say, you hit it on the head and you have to be resilient and, you know, you really have to be, you know, engaged and, you know, love the grind because that's what it is Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. So, Abby, man, I appreciate you hopping on the podcast. I appreciate you taking time out to do this uh, with me. And, you know, I I look forward to just continuing to follow your success and, and, you know, what I got going on over there is, you know, big time. And I know you're, you're soon you're next up. So I appreciate you. No, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, take care of J-Time and JT. Those are my guys. Oh, man, those, those guys are going to drive me into the ground before I, <laughs> before I even, before the year is over with. <laughs> no, nah, but they good. JT's good. my guy. JT's my hey. guy. I'll tell you this real quick. JT, I'm, I'm doing individual workouts uh-huh. at Moorhead, and he's sitting in the stands, and I hadn't met him yet. I had no idea he was the new assistant, and he was watching. And I'm going, like, who is this guy watching our workouts? And yeah. And afterwards, I walk up to him. We, we probably sat there for about an hour and a half talking. It ended up going from player development to recruiting to him telling me about the 2-3 matchup that can turn into a man. Mm-hmm. And I learned so much from him. So you're going to – I mean, the guy's amazing. I love him. Nah, for sure. JT's big time, man. And you know, I'm, I'm excited to be here with him and, you know, keep keep this program that we got over here at Tusculum rolling. So – so nah, I, so I appreciate you again, Abby, and uh, and we'll we'll definitely be in touch. Absolutely, thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Thanks again for tuning in to Beyond the Hardwood. Just a quick reminder to share, subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And remember, until next time, life goes beyond the hardwood. <laughs>